Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and yes, once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. It was July 2nd, 1963, 60 years ago yesterday. The greatest pitching duel in the long history of baseball took place. Two Hall of Famers going toe-to-toe before another Hall of Famer put an end to it. So like I said, listen up because you're really going to want to get a load of this. I always, always remember this day. Always, always remember it. And, and I guess I guess it sticks with me so much because you people have heard me time and time again talk about the way the game was played, in particular the pitchers. I mean, qualities, they, they call them quality starts today. You, you know, like seven innings, six innings, uh, you give up a couple of runs, good quality start. Ah, ah, ah. You've heard me talk about Koufax and, and Gibson and Drysdale and all those guys. And there are guys, for one reason or another, maybe I, I leave them out, but it was 60 years ago yesterday, July 2nd, 1963. When I tell you the greatest pitching duel took place, I mean the greatest pitching duel in the history of the game took place. The San Francisco Giants and Milwaukee Braves in San Francisco. The game would end on a walk-off home run by Willie Mays in the bottom of the 16th inning. Bottom of the 16th inning. Starting pitchers, two Hall of Famers. One by the name of Warren Spahn, the other by the name of Juan Marichal. Both pitchers, both pitchers went the distance. You hear what I'm telling you? In a 1-0 inning game, both pitchers went the distance. Warren Spahn, through 201 pitches with Willie Mays connecting on the 201st pitch for a home run to put an end to it. His opponent was another future Hall of Famer at the time by the name of Juan Marichal, who was 25 years old at the time. Marichal threw 227 pitches in that game. Think about, like, I guess people today, you know, if, if you're a younger person and, and you're hearing about this, it's, no, it can't be. It can't be. Oh, yes, it can be. It did happen. In that game, Alvin Dark, the manager of the Giants, he wanted to take Marischal. I, I remember like it was yesterday. And, and I remember hearing about the game back then saying, my God, how could that have happened? Alvin Dark wanted to take Marischal out of the game in the 10th inning. Scoreless game. And Marischal told Dark, 
Are you bleeping crazy? I'm 25 years old. Spawn is out there. He's 42 years old. 42 years old. You ain't taking me out as long as that guy is in the game. So they went at it and at it and at it until Willie Mays ended it in the bottom of the 16th with one out. They went the distance. I mean, think about it. In that, in that game, Spawn <laughs> Spawn gave up nine hits, one walk, struck out two. Marischal allowed eight hits, four walks, struck out ten. You, you, the, the reason it's so, first of all, it, it's an all-time classic game. I mean, how could it not be? How can you not raise your eyebrows and say, my God, how could that be? Today, if somebody gives you six innings, it's like they're a pat on a back. Great job. And now we give it up to our bullpen. And it was just a remarkable, remarkable performance. Now, you know, you hear, we hear it all the time about load management, and this guy can't go. I mean, for crying out loud, if you had two guys today go 16 innings, one throwing 201 pitches, the other one throwing 227 pitches, for crying out loud, they'd be poster boys for Tommy John surgery. Everybody would assume their arms would be falling off. Spawn, 42 years old, from that game on, Okay, from that game on, after that game, after that game, he would go on to win 10 more games that season. A 42-year-old Warren Spawn would go on to win 10 more games that season. He would finish with a record of 23-7 and with a 2.60 earn run average, 22 complete games, and 259 innings pitched in 1963. Marischal, the winner of that game, had a 25-8 and record, a 2.41 earn run average, 18 complete games, and 321 innings pitched. And guess what? Guess what? Marischal, his 26 his 25 and 8 record and all that that I just told you wasn't good enough to win the Cy Young award wasn't good enough to win the Cy Young award you know why because a guy by the name of Sandy Koufax won it and, and I, I talk about Marischal was never one of my favorite guys I mean he wasn't one of my favorite guys for a couple of reasons Number one, he was a San Francisco Giant, okay? And because he was a San Francisco Giant, and I was a Los Angeles Dodgers fan, you know, my allegiance started in Brooklyn, but, you know, I was a kid when they left. You know, it was Dodgers-Giants, you know, a heated, hated rivalry. So I couldn't root for Marischal. And then two years later, there was an incident in a pennant race when Marischal took his bat and clubbed Dodger catcher Johnny Roseboro over the head with it. 
in what was one of the more most ugliest, probably the ugliest scene ever in, in Major League Baseball. But I digress there for a second. So, but you know, I, I'm not a guy who sticks up for Juan Marichal. But having said that, Marichal is an all-time great pitcher. But to me, Juan Marichal is hands down, hands down, the greatest pitcher never, I repeat, never to win a Cy Young Award. I mean, think about what I just said. The guy went 25 and 8 in 1963. 25 and 8. You know, including that stellar 1 0 win for 16 innings over the Braves and Spawn. 25 and 8, 2.41 earned run average, 18 complete games. As I said, 321 innings pitched. Sandy Koufax for the Dodgers in 1963 the same Dodgers who would go on to sweep the Yankees in four games in the World Series, Koufax went 25-5. and His earned run average was 1.88. He had 20 complete games, 311 innings pitched, 306 strikeouts, and 11 shutouts. That was Marischal coming up short. Now let's move to 1966. Marischal, how's this for a year? 25 and 6, 2.23 earn run average, 25 complete games, 307 innings pitched. Didn't win the Cy Young Award. That guy, Koufax, my guy, did it again to him. 27 and 9. A 1.73 ERA, 27 complete games, 317 strikeouts, 323 innings pitched. Koufax again wins the Cy Young Award. I mean, think if if you were Juan Marichal, you got to be saying to yourself, what the hell do I need to do to win a Cy Young? So now let's go ahead to 1968. Marischal, 26-9. 26-9. A 2.43 earn run average. 30, I repeat, 30 complete games. 325 innings pitched. But you know what happened? Now, Koufax was already out of the game. He he left the game after the 66 season. Bob Gibson. Hoot. Bullet Bob Gibson went 22 and 9 with a mind-boggling eyes popping out 1.12 earn run average. 28 complete games, 304 innings pitched, 13 shutouts. He, my friends, was your 1968 Cy Young Award winner. Now, I want you to think about what I'm just saying here. So, for a period of three years, three years, Gibson won in in, combined 63, 66, and 68. He won 76 games. while losing 23 
and he wasn't good enough to win a Cy Young Award. And you hear me time and time again, probably for some of you ad nauseum. Russ is stuck on yesteryear. You're damn right I'm stuck on yesteryear. I see what these guys were able to do back then. And I listen, I'm not saying guys needed to go 16 innings. But you hear today about, oh, give me five good innings. Give me six good innings. Then leave it up to the bullpen and this and that. You've, I've, I've spoken about it with you several times. Load management, no, it's too much. And don't forget, these guys were going back then on a four-man rotation. It was not five or maybe six. It was a four-man rotation. And look at the numbers of complete games. 18, 20, 25, 27, 30, 28. For crying out loud, Koufax in his last two years completed 27 games twice, back-to-back at 65 and 66. But that game to me just stands out above all. I, I, I mean, I have been able to witness perfect games. Koufax pitched a perfect game. I didn't watch it. Koufax pitched a perfect game against the Chicago Cubs and the Cubs pitched it through a, a one-hitter. But I'm, I'm talking about two guys and they weren't like maybe guys. They weren't like out of the blue guys. These were studs then. They're studs today in the history books. All-time greats. Think about those numbers to go toe-to-toe for six. Every time I think about that, I just shake my head. And I, and I you know, it, it drives me nuts. Like, I always remember this anniversary because it always comes around the July 4th weekend. And by the way, to all of you uh, getting ready to celebrate the July 4th weekend, have a great and safe one, you and your families. But because of the holiday weekend, I always remember this game. And, and you know, you, you remember certain things about that this guy happened and this great catch. How could you, how could you not remember... Two guys going 16 innings the distance. What's great about it, they were two Hall of Famers. They are two Hall of Famers. So I I just, you know, indulge me, folks. You know how I feel about the arms from yesteryear. And the, the arms from now, from today, just they don't compare. And I don't think it's the pitcher's fault. I think it's the game's fault. It's, it's the coaching's fault. It's the mindset. Guys today throw, in general, all, a lot of them throw a lot harder than they did back then. They throw harder, but they don't pitch better. And I will say it forever and ever. Pitchers today throw, they don't pitch. That's the difference. Guys back then knew how to pitch, whether it was Koufax or Marischal or Gibson. All those guys could throw heat. Drysdale, all those guys could bring the heat. But they knew how to pitch. Warren Spahn knew how to pitch. Think about it. The guy went 16 innings, gave up nine hits, one walk, 
two strikeouts. Think about that. You think he knew how to pitch? You know, when, when you hear those things happen, guys doing stuff like that, they don't happen by mistake. They happen because of greatness. True greatness. I mean, think about, you know, think about some of the people that Spawn had a face in that Giants lineup. Guys like Willie Mays and Willie McCovey and Orlando Cepeda and Felipe Alou. Are you kidding me? I mean, it, it it really is quite something. So, 60, well, today it's now 60 years and a day later, but yesterday was the anniversary. 16 innings. Two guys going toe-to-toe, and who better to end it than arguably, many feel the greatest of all time, the Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays. But that was then, and this is now. And now I'm going to talk about a, a huge series coming up in the Bronx. Yep. I'm talking about the Yankees at home hosting the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, again, what's today? July 3rd? It's not, it's not August 3rd. It's not September 3rd. It's July 3rd. Almost an entire half a season left. All right? The Yankees have played 84 games. But let me tell you, this series coming up against the Orioles, I don't want to sound silly and say it's do or die, but if... Should, God forbid, the Yankees, I say God forbid like it's the end of the world, but the Yankee fans, it would be. But should the Yankees go down a dumper in this series, they can do serious harm to their postseason chances. Serious, serious harm. You know, you, you if you look at the, forget, first of all, forget, because it ain't happening, Okay. And I said this to you last week, forget, forget winning the division. It is not happening. It it just isn't. As it stands today, they're nine and a half games behind the Tampa Rays for first place. It's not happening. More important, they're four games behind the second place Orioles, who they're going to be facing for four straight games. So right now, the Orioles are your number one wild card. The Astros and Yankees, with identical records of 46 and 38, are tied. So they're second and third. Right behind them, a game and a half behind them, you got your Blue Jays at 45 and 40. Right behind them are the Angels, with Otani at 45 and 41, they're just two games behind. For crying out loud, even the Boston Red Sox 
are three and a half behind. So to me, if the Yankees would stumble, here's my point. I'm not saying anybody is sweeping anybody. Don't get me wrong. But should the Orioles get swept by the Yankees? Then they're even. Should Goff bid, <laughs> I repeat that, the Yankees get swept, they're in dire straits. To, to say nothing of what it would do to their psyche. Now, I'm, I'm not expecting a sweep by any means by anybody. But I was really unhappy. I thought I was very pleased what the Yankees did in a recent homestand when they went 4-2. and two. And But then you go ahead... And, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. You, you, you go ahead and face two teams that were not good teams. You know, having their problems. And what do you, the Yankees do? They go on the, on the trip, they go three and three. I mean, really, three and three. They, they go to Oakland. You know, they take two out of three. But then they go to St. Louis and take one out of three. Uh, three. three and three. To me, I said going in, they needed to go. When I say they needed to go, four and two, five and one. They go three and three. So they're not coming home with a boatload of momentum. They're not coming home with a boatload of momentum. And we spoke about it last week. We'll continue to speak about it. Without Aaron Judge, this team has to play a different brand of baseball. They have to understand they are not a slugging team. I I mean, I said this last year. During the season, I said it back in the spring. I said it in the winter going into this season. And for, I'm still saying it. They're not a slugging team. They're not. Uh, one good thing that I've seen since the last time we spoke, my guy Anthony Volpe. You know, I, I, I told you last week, I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't know what the coaches were doing. I didn't want him benched. I didn't want anything like that. I didn't want him sent down. But, you know, he was swinging from his heels. Uh, you know, he, he was trying to kill the ball in the wrong spots instead of shortening up. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm not taking credit for anything, but maybe a birdie whispered in his ear. Go with the pitch. Go to the outside. Don't try and mitre the ball, as they used to say. Don't mitre the ball. And all of a sudden, he's got a six-game hitting streak. He had five straight multiple hit games. And he's he just looks better and more confident getting his average up there. So that's good to see. That's very good to see. But this team has to adjust. I mean, I hate the way the lineup uh, looks. You know, again, 
I'm a DJ LeMayu fan. DJ is not a leadoff hitter. I want guys with wheels getting on base. I want guys with wheels that can make something happen. You know, let Volpe, Volpe show, show me and show you and show everybody and show in particular the Yankees that they can, that he can, you know, be dependable. He can be that guy. But we're not there yet. This lineup needs to think small ball. Garrett Cole lost yesterday. You know, he eg- exited the game 2 nothing. It's a lot of pressure to be pitching when knowing your offense is lacking. And their offense lacks. It's got to be fixed. It has to be fixed. And the fixing needs to start, needs to start tonight at the stadium against the Orioles. I'll tell you one other thing also before I say goodbye that needs fixing, folks. The brains in Major League Baseball. Like we have these rules, you know, we've had the ghost runner rule and in the past, especially during the COVID situation, doubleheaders would be seven inning games. And you know how much I hate the ghost runner rule and I, I despise the seven inning. It's This is not Little League or Cal Ripken League. This is Major League. But the Yankees had a day-night doubleheader on Saturday. A day-night doubleheader in St. Louis. And it was raining. The weather was lousy. And they ended up losing their first game 11-4, but it was 11-0 or, I forget, 11-0 or 11-1. And then you had to go into a rain delay. 11-1. Now, you're going into a rain delay. It's 11-1. And you know you have a doubleheader game, a night game coming up. All right? So, also in that game, none other than one Josh Donaldson was pitching in the ninth inning. Or the yeah, when it was the the eighth inning, Donaldson was pitching. How about some common sense with the um with? Uh, now I'm not saying you can change the rules mid season, mid game, but something needs to be done. How about some comments? We're in a situation like that. We know it's a day-night doubleheader. You know that both managers do not want to use up their pitchers in a pointless situation. You know, that's why Josh Donaldson was throwing an inning, okay? So when you have that kind of situation, how about the umpire using some common sense. And how about the umpire getting together with the managers using some common sense? Again, I'm not saying they could have done it on this past Saturday, but I'm saying some kind of rule needs to be put into place where something like this can happen, where the umpire says, look, guys, do you really want to use up your arms because you got a second game coming up? I can tell you neither Yankee skipper Boone or Marmol for the, from the um, cards would want to use up pitchers in a game like that. Guys, you want to like call it a day as if it was just a rained out game 
you know, postpone, but we call it after five innings, which makes it official anyway. Like, I don't know what all the rules are, the technicalities, because could somebody have said, well, you couldn't do that because they're playing a night game. And, you know, I, I just thought it was absurd. And I know that they could not have done it then, but some kind of common sense rule, when you have a situation like that, that is completely out of hand, the winning team knows that they're going to win it, and the losing team knows that they're going to lose it when it's 11 nothing at the time or then it was 11-1. Stop. Let's put the brakes on it and let's think about the next game. I, I just thought, you know, as, as I always say this about Major League Baseball, let common sense prevail just once in a while. And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now i like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. As always, you can do it on Twitter. You can do it on Facebook. You can check me out at my website at russsalsberg.com. Got to thank my home here at Believe.com because, as I always tell you, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. Above all, got to thank you, the people, though, because without you, the people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. And as always, I want to remind you... Uh, Always tune in. Uh, make sure you you and your friends and family download the Yes app so you can get to watch me on my Get a Load of This podcast on the Yes app each and every week, which, by the way, usually comes out on Tuesday. But because tomorrow is July 4th, it's going to be coming out this Wednesday on the 5th. All right. Enjoy the holiday weekend, everybody. Be safe. Be smart. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye, so long, and... Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.